Welcome to Clocking In, Forces of NC Manufacturing. I'm your host, Phil Mintz, Director of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, otherwise known as NCMEP. My role is to drive outreach to NC manufacturers, build relationships to federal and state leaders, and coordinate efforts to drive profitable manufacturing growth in North Carolina. Throughout my time working closely with manufacturers, I have heard the most quirky, curious, and memorable stories. I wanted to turn these stories into a podcast so that others may hear and be informed and inspired. From humble beginnings to manufacturing titans, from tragedy to triumph, I will be interviewing some of these manufacturers who have made North Carolina manufacturing the powerhouse that it is today. With its roots in hosiery and furniture development and testing, the Manufacturing Solutions Center is part of Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. They're working to have a positive economic impact on their community, the region, and the entire country. The organization works with traditional manufacturers as well as with manufacturing startups, helping to provide solutions to problems and to move companies forward. The mission of the Manufacturing Solutions Center is to help U.S. manufacturers develop and grow their business. Over the last 10 years, MSC has served over 3,200 customers nationwide and has helped create or retain 234 jobs, generated 24 million in sales, and 1.3 million in cost savings. The Manufacturing Solutions Center is a longtime program member of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership or NCMEP Network. Talking today with the director of the North Carolina Manufacturing Solutions Center, Jeff Newville. Jeff previously served at the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College. In 2021, Jeff was recognized as the North Carolina Small Business Director of the Year. Jeff has earned a bachelor's in business administration from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and an MBA with a focus in operations from the University of Maryland. Jeff, how are you doing today? Hey, Phil, I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me on your podcast. Great to see you again. You know, I was introduced to MSC some time ago when it was known as the Hosiery Technology Center. You know, you have evolved a bit a bit over the years from the nature of that name. I know I can still see a lot of specialized sock developments coming through there, but can you give us a little bit of background on what the organization has been to the industry over the years? I'm very happy to do that. Uh, interestingly, uh, my background was also in the sock industry as well, in that uh, our family had a sock manufacturing business here in Western North Carolina. So we were actually one of the first customers of what was started as the Hosiery Technology Center. The Hosiery Technology Center started in 1990 uh, when one of the local trade associations came to the community college and said, hey, we need we need assistance and training a workforce. Can you can you help us? And the uh, trade association partnered with Catawba Valley Community College to create what was then called the Hosiery Technology Center. And uh, over time, uh, things evolved and, and the center started working in industries in addition to hosiery. So started taking on other categories and by 2009, they changed the name of the organization to the Manufacturing Solution Center, which is what we are today. In 2012, we moved from the Catawba Valley Community College campus in Hickory to a new building in Conover, North Carolina, which is just about five miles down the road from Hickory. 
And earlier this year in 2023, we opened our second building here on the same campus in Conover. So uh, we've now got you know, close to 100,000 square foot of space to for the operations. And we're working with not only people in hosiery, but really all the textiles and apparel. We work with folks in the furniture industry. We do product development work in in non-textiles as well. So uh, things have really expanded since the early days as the Hosiery Technology Center. So uh, you talked a bit about your background as a family business in Hosiery. Is is that kind of what you had planned to continue to hang around with when you come through and you went to college and everything? What happened when you went to college and you got finished? How did your professional career evolve from that? Well, well, actually, uh, when I graduated from the University of North Carolina, actually, I spent the first year and a half or so uh, after college working in the family business. And, and then sort of realized that it would probably be healthy for me to work for some other people and do some other things before I decided to spend the rest of my career in the family business. And yeah, my, my father really encouraged me to do that and that he thought it would be very healthy to see what other parts of the world look like and and, uh, and just get a sense of what it is to, to, to work for different types of companies. So it was a very good experience. Uh, I ended up uh, in the Washington, D.C. area wow. you know, working uh, actually for a small management consulting firm up there for about six years and then uh, ended up getting my MBA degree. It took two years to get the MBA degree from the University of Maryland before moving back to North Carolina and rejoining uh, the family business in the early 1990s. Stuck with that and actually uh, our company was approached by a private equity group in 2003 and made us at that point a, a very uh, fair uh, offer to purchase the company. And I actually stayed with the company to assist in transitioning it. But you know, once private equity gets involved in the family business, at some point it looks very different from what you remember it. And at some point it's time to leave. And yeah. uh, I, I got to that point and, oh. um, you know, and uh, was doing some work, consulting work in the community for various manufacturers and, sort of started working with CVCC's uh, Small Business Center and had an opportunity to become director there in, in 2012. So uh, spent time there before moving over to the Manufacturing Solutions Center uh, last year in June of 2022. So have you, is your family business still up and running? So the, the family business, after it was purchased by the private equity group, Ultimately, was sold a couple times and Again. ended up with a company called Gildan, which is a pretty yeah, oh yeah, right. I think we know that name a bit. Significant international player, and and uh, they initially made some nice investments in in what was our old facility, and but then unfortunately did some consolidating and and shut it down. But I'm pleased to report that a lot of the people that worked with us at that point in time are still employed in the same location. It's just now a company called Synergy Labs, which I think oh. you are also familiar with. Yeah. And they do uh, supplements and, and whatnot for pets. And uh, they've actually put a lot of the people that worked for us back in the day to work there in that same facility. And they've uh, done some nice improvements and investments in that area. So, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, it's interesting how it came full circle and some of the people that uh, I worked with back when it was a family business or are still working in the same location. Just like you had it planned out. 
Not necessarily, but, uh, you know, I'm sure things happen for a reason, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, talk about some of the exciting things that are happening at the Manufacturing Solutions Center now. I know you, you guys run a little bit of a business incubator, and we're engaged with some of the, the companies that have come through there. But, man, there's some exciting things going on uh, there these days. Uh, as you said when you did the introduction, our mission is to support U.S. manufacturers and to help create and retain U.S. manufacturing jobs. You know, we do that uh, in a variety of different ways. Uh, number one, we have an ISO accredited testing lab so that if companies are trying to validate uh, what their products can do or they're trying to meet specific uh, guidelines established by corporations or government regulations, we'll work with them and assist them as they're going through that testing process and and. Uh, we serve as a third-party uh, lab to evaluate and, and provide results to them as that. We also do a lot of product development work. Uh, we've got two knitting labs here where we can do hosiery slash sock uh, product development work and small runs. And we also have a what we call a fabric formation lab where we've got equipment that can make larger garments and foundation wear and undergarments, uh, shirts. And we've got a seaming line that can finish those off. So if someone's interested in developing apparel lines or apparel products to manufacture here in the United States, we can assist them with the product development process. It's not our role to uh, do the, the mass production. We sort of see ourselves as the uh, middle step of going through the product development iterations, which a lot of manufacturers don't have the time to, to go back and forth and make sure they get it right. Our job is to help folks get those specs to a point where they can hand it over to a, a U.S. manufacturer and go into production. We also have a prototyping lab here with 3D printers, CNC routers, uh, bandsaw and whatnot, so that if someone has a idea for a non-textile oriented product, we can help them with prototyping that and get them up to a point where they can do some additional testing. As you mentioned, uh, we have an incubator here on site for folks that are interested in making something here in the United States. We've had several companies come through there and uh, have graduated out of our incubator and moved into our new building where they're now successful operating companies and have created over 50 jobs for our community. So we're, we're currently talking to a few people about moving into our incubator, but we've got some space for for folks who might be interested in making something here in the United States or finding ways to expand their product line here in the United States, provide technical assistance, help people with securing equipment, and we'll even we'll even help folks with marketing if, if that's what they need. We're, we're sort of a, we look at ourselves as problem solvers and try to figure out what our customers need and, and help them with that. And, and finally, we also have a, a, a resource lab here where we maintain samples of uh, U.S. textile products and, and other materials so that if someone is interested in developing a product and isn't sure what sort of materials are available or needs help in connecting to a manufacturer or supplier here in the United States, we, you know, we can hold their hand and take them through that product development process and help them bring their product to life. So, there are a lot of moving parts, but it's uh, you know every day is sort of different and exciting. So it's it's a good place to be here. 
Yeah, I know that, again, you you got your roots around hosiery and textile fabrics, but it's just interesting. I remember when I first went over there some time ago to see your furniture testing area, mm -hmm. you know, and just to see the things that you do, like you got these arms that kind of beat up and down on the furniture to try to see how you wear it out. And, and it, I mean, that seems like something that's always been there and it looks like you're still doing that today, right? We, we are. We actually uh, uh, have a, a structural engineering area that's associated with our prototyping lab that uh, does a lot of work with the furniture industry here in Western North Carolina or part of the country. We still have a pretty thriving, strong furniture industry. So, you know, we work very closely with uh, some of the local furniture manufacturers. There's a group called BIFMA, the Business and Industry Furniture Manufacturing Association, that sets standards for strength of frames and other uh, structural areas of furniture. So, you know, you might walk through our facility and and see uh, a drop test going on where we're dropping 250 pounds of weight onto a, a furniture frame for 100,000 cycles, which could take two or three days to do. And uh, you may well have seen that when you came through, Phil, but uh, we'll also find ways to customize tests for, for people as well if they're, if they're just trying to validate some claims that they want to make uh, regarding furniture or other products. So we've got some pretty creative people here that work very closely hand in hand with industry trying to support their efforts. And, and uh, we've got a really dedicated staff of uh, 25 people that work here. So it's, uh, it's a real cool operation. Finally, I, I'd like you to talk a bit about some of your role in the larger ecosystem. I mean, you, you're you connected to some activities that are going on more broadly. I think that kind of helps the whole kind of textile industry as far as workforce development and development of uh, companies and various things. I'm, I'm referring to things like the Carolina Textile District and some of the other programs that are involved. And you guys are kind of very important to these things, uh, as I've been aware of. Can you talk about some of those programs and, and the benefits of those? Sure, sure. Yeah, and you know we're we're all about partnering with other resources throughout the state. You know, you and the the MEP have been great partners to work with, and have helped us connect to a lot of other partners. And and within the the textile industry, we've got a, a strong partners as well. We we work very closely with the Gaston College Textile Technology Center. We work very closely with the uh, textile school there at North Carolina State. Here in Western North Carolina, we've got some strong partners. We're, we're actually one of the founding members of something called the Carolina Textile District, which is a, a group of uh, folks who primarily work in the cut and sew area here domestically. And, you know, they're, they're a great partner so that if somebody comes to us and is looking to, they, it might be an entrepreneur with an idea for an apparel product, we can work with the Carolina Textile District to hopefully identify a manufacturer that can help them start production on that particular product. We also partner with the Carolina Textile District on, on some training areas. We we actually help them with a, a program called the Sewn Goods Workshop, where we uh, will take entrepreneurs and help them understand the, the production process and how to go about connecting to manufacturers and help them identify the the appropriate materials to make the products that they're working on. And uh, we also have a group in Morganton, North Carolina, that we do a lot of partnering with called the Industrial Commons. You know, one of their focuses is on green manufacturing and 
creating a circular textile economy where we focus on recycles and recycling yarns and creating uh, products with recycled yarn. So we work with them. We have worked with them. We continue to work with them on a on a variety of different projects. Appreciate the support that uh, you and the MEP have provided, and uh, and that we've tried to increase the amount of funding we can get through some some federal grants that would allow us to continue to accelerate that. So, uh, you know, North Carolina still really has a strong textile industry, as uh, I know that you know, Phil. You know, North Carolina, from a footprint perspective, is still a strong manufacturing state, probably more so than many states. When we look at, you know, our county and the surrounding counties, probably close to between 20 to 25 percent of the jobs in our area are manufacturing jobs, which is you know, not not as much as it was 15 years ago. But still, if you look around the state and the rest of the country, it's still a very large number. So we, we continue to play an important role here and we're busy and excited about opportunities as we move forward. Yeah, and that's one of the things you touched on it all already. But you know, the the future is still pretty bright around textile development. I mean, it's just to to see some of the amazing things that are coming out of your area. I mean, you know, people are doing things like delivering medicine through textiles and just all kinds of uh, innovative things. And I guess some I think we all kind of sometimes get caught up in the notion that we don't uh, have any textile industry or is dying and it's not going to be around and all of that. But that's pretty contrary to what is really going on, right? Well, it's it's evolving. I mean, you know, we all, most people think of textiles as uh, maybe the t-shirt that they're wearing or 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 the, the jeans that they might be wearing, but but it really touches industries from from automotive to aerospace to a variety of different industries, and and as you mentioned, there's a real trend toward you know what we what we would call smart textiles, where people are finding ways to integrate uh, anything from medicine to to various technology into uh, textiles these days. So, you know, it, it's really only limited by our imagination at this point in time. You know, you you sort of reference one of the companies that was founded in our incubator company called Textel, which is now evolved into the name Clothing 2.0. And they came up with a patented process to infuse medicine into their fabric. So that if you, the thought process being, you know, why take a, why take an aspirin for a sore elbow when I can put a elbow brace with medicine uh, pain reliever in the fabric right there on the elbow. So it's going to go really hit the place where my pain is. And, you know, they've been very, very successful with their process. So clothing 2.0. And another thing that we're a real exciting part of the story that we've had here at the Manufacturing Solution Center, and, and we talked some about the incubator that we have here on site, the four companies that have graduated most recently from our incubator, the founders from those companies all came from outside of North Carolina. But recognize that the the resources here in North Carolina and the technical support that we could provide to them here at the Manufacturing Solutions Center made them want to move here, start their companies here, and now they're staying here because of the the workforce that they have access to, the technical support they have access to, and the ecosystem that we've created here where we've got a lot of retailers that come through here. We have a lot of major brands that come through here. Uh, whether it be for training, whether it be just uh, to get technical assistance. So 
there's a real business development positive aspect that's uh, been generated just by them working and operating here in the Manufacturing Solution Center. Yeah, that's all so, so great to hear. So I've been speaking with uh, Jeff Newville. He's the director of the Manufacturing Solutions Center in Hickory, North Carolina, but you guys serve worldwide. I mean, I, you know, there's a, uh, I've always heard of, you know, a lot of the large manufacturing companies, all of the brand names that we wear and see, you know, a lot of the development of some of those products has come through the center, right? It, it, it has, and, and our footprint extends beyond North Carolina because we also uh, receive federal funds. Uh, you know, we've, in the last 10 years, we work with companies in every state th- throughout the country. Probably, the you know, not probably, the majority of them are here in North Carolina, but uh, we're, we're not limited to working with just companies in North Carolina And we believe that if we work with somebody in a different part of the country, ultimately, there's going to be a benefit to a company in North Carolina. Perhaps they're going to buy yarn or fabric from a North Carolina manufacturer. Perhaps they'll buy packaging from a North Carolina manufacturer. There's going to be some connection that will ultimately have a positive for for our North Carolina economy. Well, Jeff, we're grateful to have the MSC as a long-term partner of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership. And again, we appreciate your time that you're giving us today to talk a bit about it. And and again, look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks, Jeff. Well, I appreciate you uh, having me on and uh, encourage folks to go to our website at uh, manufacturingsolutioncenter.org to learn more about us. And go buy some stocks. Yeah, buy some socks and some stocks. Thank you for joining today's Clocking In, Voices of NC Manufacturing. This podcast is brought to you by NC State's College of Engineering, the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, and Industry Expansion Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about the solutions NCMEP offers, go to www.ncmep.org. Want to listen to previous Clocking In podcasts? Go to ncmep.org slash clocking in.